Okay, everybody, before we start this episode, during our Christmas episode, I said I was going to give away six bales of adhesive to two, two, uh, two winners. There were companies that tagged us, did a social media video on our adhesive and tagged us, and then I was going to give away uh, six bales of adhesive to two winners. Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm actually going to do three winners. We, we couldn't decide who the winner should be. There were some pretty close. So I'm going to announce the winners now. So here they are in no particular order. Number one, Warwick Floors, Pedro Carrera. Thank you very much. Great video and thanks for tagging us. I uh, appreciate that. So you're going to send six bills to you. The next winner, Cesar at Cardona Flooring. Uh, thanks again. A great video for you too and I uh, appreciate it. And, and uh, we're going to send you six, six bills. So the last winner, like I said, we're going to do a bonus winner and that will be Lenny Hall at Endurance Flooring down there in Florida. So thanks again, guys, for everybody that sent them in. Uh, that was a three. If anybody didn't get chosen, then that's Eileen's fault. We'll blame her. Thank you very much. Uh, so now we're going to do, uh, like I said, a, a two-part series on uh, continuing education. Here we go. Hello and welcome to another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. I'm Wayne Highlander, Director of Sales for Bone Adhesives, and you are? I am Rob Johnson from the Bone of Training. How we doing, Rob? Happy New Year, buddy. Uh, yes, sir. Right back at you. We're a couple weeks into it now. So, um, yep, off and here we go. Another year, 2024. This is the first one, right? This is the first taping of the year, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What you got on your mind, buddy? You look good there, by the way. I feel good, finally. You know, you're always uh, you're dressed appropriate. You know, with your uh, with your gear on. You know, I've training, always said training with it. I got the training under. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't see all sorts of training. The training hat. Yeah. Yep. Just in case you ever forget what you're doing in life. I might get a tattoo right here. You might as well. You got it everywhere else. I don't have any tattoos. That would be pretty funny if I had the. Mm -hmm tattoo under the yeah what are these called again jackets you know, something like that yeah you know i i don't i don't ever really trust a guy who's too impeccably dressed all the time you know what i mean really i mean you know that's every day is dressed immaculately you know there there's times in life you need to dress like that you know weddings and funerals and such but the guy dresses like that every day. It's just a little suspect. You know what I mean? No matter what the job. You, no matter what you the want job. Dressing down. Sometimes. Yeah, you don't have to dress up like uh, you know, a rock star every day, all the time. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Perfect. I mean, absolutely perfect. But I like how you're complimenting my uh my clothes today. That's nice. I'm wearing a a Hanes hoodie and a, a Dickies work shirt. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. The tuxedo of the tuxedo of the working man. Absolutely. Oh, they make uh, winter clothes so much better than they ever have. Uh, back in the seventies, uh, I used to live in Michigan, and you wore parkas, and you didn't know you never saw your neighbors for six months. And you had that big fur thing around your, you know, the hood, the fur, and the thing weighed about yes. sixty. Weighed about sixty pounds. 
Yeah, I think they called them snorkel jackets. That was a big thing when I was in high school. Everybody mm -hmm. had a snorkel jacket. Now you not me. I wore yeah. my letterman's jacket. Yeah, there you yeah. go. But for, for hoodie, what? With a hoodie underneath. Letterman for what? Oh, that was an amazing shot put discus. No kidding. Okay. Oh, well, you never oh, told yeah. me that. Really? No. Oh yeah. Hmm. Yep. It's tough. I was really uh our high school didn't have a hockey team. So we played a bunch of the guys that I went to school with and you know, we all played hockey, but it was more of like a club thing. We had a club and we played mm -hmm. other clubs and stuff, but couldn't get a letter for that. That would have been cool. Mm -hmm. So me and a couple guys that were on the hockey team, we also joined the track team. We used to joke, we're really not track and field people. We're just hockey players trying to stay in shape. There you go. Yeah. So you threw the shot, but yeah. Yeah. Shot put in discus. Yeah. You know, uh, indoor track. Um, indoor track was funny because you couldn't really do discus, you know, and you'd go and you do tournaments and stuff inside. And mm. we went to this one tournament and, um, there was no place to throw the shot put. So, you know, now you got like 50 shot putters from, you know, a bunch of different schools. So there's like 50 of us total. Mm-hmm. And all the coaches are like, well, there's no place to throw the shot put. What are we going to do with the shot putters? So they said, how about if we have them run a relay race? There's a track here. Now, all shot putters, you know, not a lot of little guys throwing the shot put. Right, you know right. I mean? Yeah. You can imagine. So they had us run a relay race with the baton and everything. Mm-hmm which ended up it, it's too bad that people didn't have videos and everything back then because it would have been hysterical especially the 30 seconds of coaching we got on how to pass the baton you know there's a whole yeah. thing of you know you run and a guy puts it in your hand and yeah. really the whole entire race all you heard was the the banging you know those steel batons yeah hitting the floor you drop them right hitting the floor they make an unbelievable noise. Well, that's all you heard. And the whole place was just in hysterics, cracking up because, wow. yeah, when you drop these things, like when I dropped mine, I thought I was, I thought I was motoring too. I mean, hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this serious. I'm going to turn the jets on and fly, you know? Yeah. 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 I wish I could have seen that, but mm -hmm. the, when I dropped my baton, I had kicked it. Now I'm chasing it like, you know, uh -huh. way off of the track, but that's okay because two other guys were like doing the same thing. So oh my God. It was a fun day. Yeah. Appreciate fun you sharing day. that appreciate you sharing that story. Yeah. I don't know why. I have no mm -hmm. idea where that came from. I don't even know what yeah. started it, but Ah, oh, we'll cut it out. Anyhow, um, so uh <laughs> what did you have in mind for the episode today? <laughs> Well, you know, what are we going into our sixth year of doing the yep. show now? Yep. Yeah, this is our sixth year of doing the show. So I think this year we got to try some new stuff. So this is going to be part one of the first on the floor miniseries. And because it was my idea, we're going to stay with stuff that I know about a little bit, or I think I do. 
Mm -hmm. uh, the value of education. Okay. Okay. The value of education. And I know we talk about education all the time, probably because uh, that's what I do. But today's uh, part one of our mini series, Value of Education. Today, we're going to talk about hands on training. Mm -hmm. um, this part three uh, mini series that you just came up with, when was I informed of this? How long uh, ago? Well, I sent you the email, but you didn't read it. So probably five minutes ago. You sent me the email how long ago? <clears throat> no, I think I talked to you about it this morning. Yeah. Um, no, I think about an hour ago, you mentioned the, the, the mini series aspect of this thing. Oh, I think, yeah, this morning you said, I'm able to do something on, t on uh, education, but okay. I'm, I'm, I'm down with it. I'm, I'll, uh, we'll allow this as the judge says, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I want to be like Hooper in Jaws when he screams at the chief, you got any better suggestions? Yeah. Oh, no, no, I'm with it. I'm, I'm. I'm uh, I'm excited about this, you know, especially with Bona. I mean, between, uh, you know, the Bona training and all our RTCs and, you know, Shooty's e-learning programs. I mean, we got a lot going on with education. So I think we 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 could t break it down and take a little time on all the importance of it. And uh, I don't know if we can get maybe a third one. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But I think for now we have two on the books and we'll figure out a third. So when you talk about education, some of the wisest people on planet Earth are farmers. Okay. So you, you, you give me something on your education and I'll, I'll give you something on, on farmer education. Okay. Okay. All right, there we go. That way we're kind of, because uh, I, I really truly believe. I told you one of my best friends, he passed away uh, a couple years ago now. And um, this guy, and I've said it before, but uh, it's such a great story to me. Um, the guy lived in East Tennessee his whole life. He was a farmer his whole life. He'd never really been outside East Tennessee very much. And um, one day he, he uh, was telling me, hey, you know, uh, I should do this and when you should do that and when you, you, you work too much, you should take more time off. And while he was in this, he stopped himself and he said, well, I reckon I shouldn't put my hay in your wagon. And I thought, I'll be damned. That's one of the coolest things I've ever heard. Oh, I like that. That's a great saying, isn't it? I like I, that, I, I like I that a it. lot. Yeah, I knew exactly what he was getting at. And um, I thought that that is pretty damn cool. So farmer wisdom is some of the smartest God bless farmers in this country, man. They're hardworking people. And uh, so I'll, I'll give you farmer uh, education while you give me what, some education too, okay? All right. All right. Now, wait a minute. I want to go back to something. You were talking about a snorkel jacket. Did you get any snow this weekend? No. Mm -mm. Okay. Z zero. Uh, we got a little bit. We got about eight inches. But um, Pauline for Christmas gave me a true game changer. She gave me electric winter gloves. Yeah. My hands are always cold. Like ice cold. And when I would go out and do snow blowing and shoveling and all that, brutal. I constantly was changing gloves. Went out there this I was out for about three hours taking care of everything. My hands were sweating these wow. new gloves.
So you might be joking, everybody. You might be laughing at it and anything, but if you got cold hands or you're out, I'm telling you, it is, they've probably been around for, you know, you know how I am. They've probably been around for 20 years. Um, and I couple, finally got a pair. What What is the, um, what is the brand name? And um, are they big and bulky? They're winter gloves. They're okay. a good size winter okay. glove, but so they come down, they come down to about here. You know what I mean? They go okay. well past your wrist. They're okay. so like I can't... a big ski glove, you know? All right. So I can't use them fishing, but uh, I would like to get some for my wife, actually. All right. So tell me the go. brand. I got the, they're called heated gloves. What, you got a flashlight? Yeah. Here, look, they're called heated gloves. Maybe they're called heated gloves. The box. Okay. Yeah. They're, Maybe right. this is heated gloves. See it? Uh, all right. Orange all and right. black box. Come in a really nice box. Okay. I got it. Thank you. She'll love you for that. Yeah. And you're not a gift buying guy. No, but see, something practical like that that makes sense, I would absolutely buy. Okay. Yeah, because she get her hands get cold, so that that's a good one. That's it. Yeah. She doesn't know about that, so I do. All right. Now you're gonna give her a nice gift, and she's not gonna know what to do. Not you gonna exactly. get her a gift. Exactly. Tell her it's from me. I will. Maybe I'll send her the gloves first. <laughs> Be a good move. <laughs> All right. How about uh, we get on with this, Rob? Let's get going here. Part one of our mini-series, A Value of Education. Part one, hands-on training. Now I'm going to give you one, and then you're going to give me Okay, ROI. Okay. ROI, return on investment. Are you coming back with a farmer thing or? Yeah, yeah, but uh, okay. I, I thought you were going to expound on that a little bit. Uh, I uh, thought you would want to. Well, how would I want to expound on that when you just told it to me? It's your thing. Because you're the expounder on the show. Oh, my God. You love talking. <laughs> oh, you can see yeah. how the show prep went really good. All right. Uh, well, all right. I'll expound on it a little bit. Whatever it costs you in time and money to attend a training, almost every single person I've talked to about it after they've gone said that it was it was worth 10 times what they spent okay. on their return, on their end. Whether yeah. it was learning something new, learning something that they, they weren't doing correctly or new products or new systems, uh, especially with everything changing the way things are changing and mm -hmm. the return on investment is huge. Every, every single person I've ever talked to who's attended a training. Okay. Yeah. I got, I'm fighting a cold. Um, well, yeah, well, that's great. I usually just, I would have, I would have just continued that ROI. I would have, that would have continued with that and not wait for me to say it. It was your idea. Anyhow, not big, no big deal. Um, all right, I'll, I'm going to give you farmer. I'm going to give you some uh, farmer uh, education. L life is simpler when you plow around the stump. Okay. Life is simpler. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you know you got to take action, confront problems or obstacles head on. Uh, but sometimes it's wiser and more efficient and less stressful to to, to just find a way around them. I and think how does that good. go with ROI? 
It's got nothing to do with ROI. How did I know about ROI until two minutes ago? I'm giving it's, you. It's written. I sent you the email. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. I'm let's not just saying, try to. I, I, you know I'm what? Not, By the end of the show, we'll have figured this out. I'm not trying to say mine has anything to do with yours. Okay. I, oh, I, yeah. that's what I thought. I thought you were going to. I was going to give a bullet and then. You were going to compare that bullet to a farmer quote. No, there'd have to be like 30 million farmer quotes out of there that pull one out of my that, butt. That's that what fast. I was wondering. How the hell is he ever going to do this? Okay. So you do your thing, and then I'll, I'll also. So this is almost going to be like two separate shows. Absolutely. They want to call it that. All right. Yeah, you wait, before, you, before you get to the next one, <laughs> I thought you got rid of that squeaking chair. Oh. Oh my God. Rob left the building. He's back with his grandmother's chair now. No, this is a chair from the Harvard Library. Really? Yeah. You, you know how you know how you have phones nowadays you set the phone down on something and it charges it yeah did you, you does that really think, work yeah it works great did you think really? by you, you sitting your ass on a harvard chair that it was going to do the same thing for you <laughs> you actually have to go there and learn something not even close actually the chairs are pretty comfortable that's why we got it okay i was glad it doesn't squeak i apologize listeners for his uh <laughs> issues that was a pretty quick change though that was good yeah all right what do you got next there sunshine sharpen your skills rookies and journeymen okay um that's another thing that i hear at a lot of trainings you know for rookies when they come to the first training they're wild-eyed you know what i mean they just they have no idea really what's in store for them so you know, we always try to do, get everybody comfortable, a little camaraderie, have a little fun, you know, lower it a little bit. Yeah. But we're always trying to make sure that the journeymen also are going to get some stuff out of the program too. Okay. And, you know, we hear that a lot from guys who've been doing floors 20, 30, 40 years. As they're walking out, they're saying, I've had so many guys say, I'm shocked how much I learned. I'm shocked how much, you know, I was doing things a little bit different or, you know, doing things actually the opposite way or whatever. Um, a lot of it has to do with machine setup and things like that too. But um, you try to make it comfortable so everybody gets something, whether you're a rookie or a journeyman. I like that. Okay. Farmer's advice. N- Never kick a cow chip on a hot day. Okay. Avoid stirring up trouble when tensions are high. Uh, you know, sometimes it's about wisdom, wisdom about the important lesson about timing and conflict management. You know, I, you, this is good advice. I like this. If a guy's, you, if a guy's, guy's really ticked off about something, don't write them. Let it, let it die down a little bit before you go there. Don't, don't kick a cow chip on a hot day. So that's that's what we should call this show, actually. Cow chip on a hot day. That's what 
There you go. That's how this is turning out. Yes. All right. All right. But I, I like that one. Um, um, the everybody learns something from from going to school and what have you. So good. I'll give you another one. Especially when you hear a journeyman say, "Wow, this was," you know, that's when you know. Hey, I think we're doing things right. Yep. And I've heard it many, many times uh, for sure myself. So. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing about hands-on training is theory with practice. And I can almost guarantee you, like me, never received one day of theory or practice when we started Tanded Floors. It was get in that closet and scrape those corners. That, that was <laughs> the theory. The Here's an edger with 36 grit. Go over there and just swing it yeah. back and forth, okay? And that, don't talk. That was the theory and the, uh, uh, what was the, was it practice? Theory and practice. Yep, yeah. yep, yeah. yeah. no doubt. To me, theory and practice is words and music. You put them together and you get a song. Yeah, the, you always want to know the why. It's so important to yes. know the why, the why in life. Exactly. Uh, it's one thing to do something if you win or lose. That's one thing. We're going to always going to win or lose in battles and, 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 and endeavors. But it's just so important to know the why. And, 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 and if you can't blame anybody in the world but yourself, what would you have done differently? And I, I think that's uh, pretty powerful. If you can't, if you can't blame anybody um, and you can't say, oh, it was this, that, and the other, I didn't know, blah, 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 whatever. No one told me if, if you if if you can only blame yourself, what would you have done differently? And when you look at that mindset, especially as a young craftsman, then I think that uh, it, it has all to do with accountability. So, yeah, I like that. Don't skinny dip with snapping turtles. Choose your risk wisely. Uh, some situ- some sim- situations are simply not worth the potential of trouble, right? Uh, so I think that I, I, Mike, if I'll tell you what, have you ever been around snapping turtles? Like I'm, I'm talking about big, big, big snapping turtles. No, uh, you can't believe how ferocious them things can be, man. People make fun of turtles. Not if you've ever seen one, they and attack you when you're swimming. They can, and, um, they can, you, you put a snapping turtle in a pond, then you can't believe how many fish they're going to eat out of that pond and ducks and everything else. And their bite is ferocious. And um, I have a friend whose whose father was missing a thumb. And one day I asked him, "What what you know what happened to your thumb?" You know, probably as a kid, probably should have left that alone. But it was a snapping turtle. Uh, took his thumb right off. They are no joke, man. I mean, things can weigh 40, 50 pounds. I think I've, I've seen well, them that were huge. We saw a snapping turtle. We were fishing at the Hudson. We were striper fishing. And we saw a snapple, snapple, a snapple turtle, a snapple turtle. We saw a snapping turtle, and he was huge. He almost looked prehistoric. Yeah, they do. And I, mean, I had a wiffle ball bat, uh-oh. so I went over and I was trying to make him snap. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't hitting him or anything, yeah, but yeah. I was annoying him. You did you spray spray paint him too while you were there? <laughs> no. But this snapping turtle hit that wiffle ball bat and completely pinched it shut. Oh, absolutely. Think about that. You, you couldn't squeeze a wiffle ball bat shut. You couldn't either. 
Now I'm going to go about back and get a wiffle ball bat, and I'm going to see if I can do it. You know, um, I would love to know what the what the uh, the what do you call the PSI or the torque on a on a bite of a snapping turtle compared to different animals out there. You know, they like coyotes or Rottweilers or you know different animals. I'll put them up there with anything, man. Them things are ferocious. He bit through. He he crunched that wiffle ball bat like it was a toothpick, man. It was wow, nuts. Wow. All right, so we don't go swimming with snapping turtles. Yeah, which in other words means, you know, weigh, you know, weigh the risk, uh, you know, and the potential risks uh, when do when you choose wisely. Exactly, and that's why that guy lost his finger. Yep, thumb. Nice try. Thumb. All right. Yeah. Uh, next on the list, networking. Um, I am amazed of what craftsmen will share with each other yeah it's i I mean and i know you and i probably said this a thousand times on the show the difference of the old days and what's going on today but it still amazes me uh, how much knowledge that people get coming to a hands-on training not only from instructors and everything but other guys on the team other guys who were in the class yeah and you know I just love when these older guys will just kind of sit back and pontificate a little bit and really, you know, you see the younger guys really get wide-eyed or sometimes even better, um, you know, a journeyman or older craftsman or whatever will start to back up everything that you're saying during a training, not you, Mm. but, you know, whoever the instructor is. And when they start backing up the instructor, now you're like, wow, this is great because now it's you know like everything going on now the students are like oh this is this is amazing and we just had it happen at the christmas school i remember i talked about that christmas school and howard brickman was there and i was going over a little bit and you know for me to talk about uh moisture content and stuff like that it it was just kind of yeah i kept looking over at howard brickman i was like all right I go, Howard, you want to do me a favor and take over? I go, you're so much better at this. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, you know, the students of all the journeymen in the world to be at a class, here's Howard Brickman, you know, and then Howard Brickman did, you know, an hour and a half on moisture content and acclimation and everything. And yeah. I'll tell you, everybody was just hanging on every word. So, yeah, he's the best. you know, that's one of the other great parts of hands-on training um i I, it is uh one of the coolest things about the trade right now it didn't always used to be this way is how much how much uh, guys will help each other and share with each other information and i had guys you know that were pretty close to in in different areas and say look i'll come down there and show you how to do it we roll all the time just come just call me man if i have time i'll run down there um and um share all the information all the little things they know about different things and i that, that that's shows how much of a brotherhood this this industry is right now like i said it didn't always used to be this way and i know when i was a carpenter uh it was the same thing as in the apprentice schools uh, going to learn to be a journeyman carpenter and going to all them schools uh the attitude was the more i show you the less i know and you're going to try and take my job one day that was absolutely the attitude if i show you how to do this and you're going to be more valuable than me one day blah 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 and, and they didn't want to show you anything now shame on them because it's like look at the carpenters union 
you better bring in new blood or you're you're if you want to get that you know your pension check every month you know what i mean you need that to go on in our industry we need we need young young people in this trade we need to encourage them to come in this trade and and we you and i've talked many times this uh the opportunity right now to make money in this trade right now is is huge uh for young people and you're talking about education right now and it's kind of funny to me because you look what a kid gets saddled with out of college in debt and uh and to getting this i'm going to quote education when you could get a real education learning on the spot right away learning a trade that can give you a good good uh, income the rest of your life and I just seen something the other day where a lot of uh, a lot of companies now are dropping the uh, the demand for a four year degree now as a as a, a you know um, part of the uh, the job requirements. A lot of them are, and I I think that education. I believe I'm not against education by any means, but a lot of jobs now that require a four year education. Twenty years ago, those same jobs required a high school education. 30 years ago. And is why, why do you need a four year degree for a lot of these things? They're going to read, they're going to train you anyhow when they get you in there. And um, so I, I and, and you know, the amount of money it's cost people for, for going to school is crazy uh, this day, these day and age. So anyhow, uh, not to get on a tangent there, but um, yeah, okay, I'll get you another farmer quote. Okay. A pig bought on credit is forever grunting. Okay. I like that. You know what I mean? You know, you know, can you get what that where that's coming from? What that is suggesting a pig bought on credit is forever grunting is that yeah, it's it's uh it's um um what do you call it? instant gratification. You know, you got it on on credit right now, it's great, you can drive off with it or whatever, but it's the payments that are there all the time and you have to deal with them all the time versus you know, wait till you can afford something and paying cash for it or what have you. I think that's a that's a, I mean, a farmer said that years ago. Isn't that, isn't that brilliant? I mean, it says what, it, it just cuts down such a great idea in just a few words. A pig bought on credit is forever grunting. It never goes away. I think that's pretty interesting. This could be a whole new door for you, huh? A whole new what? A whole new door for you. Well. Huh? About these farmer quotes. You're, you're really liking these. I, I am, but I think it'd be funny to go into a meeting, one of our, uh, our, uh, our meetings, and then just, just respond with nothing but farmer quotes. I think, <laughs> I think that might, maybe what the hell is this guy, uh, the problem here? Well, we got a sales meeting coming up, right? And you're going to have to do a presentation. Mm-hmm. Just do nothing but farmer quotes. I'll tell quotes. you what, I, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm going to make you a, a deal. Okay. Okay. If you can drop. 10 farmer quotes in your presentation i'll give you a hundred dollars let me see your hundred dollars versus my 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 annual salary if i could slide two by that's a lot i'm not going to the bank for 10. what are you out of your mind all Uh, right five no hell no Oh, yeah. All right, wait. All right, all right. I'll make it easy for you. I'll give you 10 bucks for every one you do. I'm not going to. It's not worth the 20 bucks. I was thinking 30. I'll roll with one, but that's it. I ain't going to pay for one. All right, get out of here. Then. I'll, buy, I'll, I'll buy you a coffee for one. But I don't think you drink coffee, right. do you? I don't know. 
All right, so let's get back to hands-on training. Hands-on training allows us to make mistakes, but know how to correct them. Okay. I think that's huge, you know, and that comes back to theory too. Mm -hmm. Because once you teach the theory and then make mistakes, it's almost like the student can tell you why they just made that mistake. Because we do have a little theory in their head too. So that's where theory comes back to also help and correct mistakes. But I think the other thing about hands-on training is when you make a mistake, there's a coach or a journeyman or somebody there to help you through that mistake. And that can only really happen with hands-on training. Um, my quote is gonna be similar to this, but um, nobody's successful has ever has not had setbacks. In fact, you can't be successful without them. Um, you know, you, you um, look at a kid wrestling and coming up and learning and all the way, you're gonna get your butt kicked for a long time before you finally get on top. And um, yeah, 100%, you know, you should never get too upset about making mistakes and what have you, because that's all part of growing. And um, you look at the best craftsmen in the world right now, they've all made many, many mistakes. Um, which is, I'll go with my quote, it doesn't matter how much milk you spill as long as you don't lose the cow, okay? It translated into life advice. It reminds us not to get overly strut over minor setbacks or losses as long as we maintain the things of greater value and significance. Like you're going to have setbacks. Just don't don't let it you know you know mess up your your whole day and whatever or derail you from your plans. Setbacks are a part of it. You got to plan for them. They're going to happen. So that was a spilt milk thing. Yep. Okay. So the other night, Friday night. Both my grandsons have hockey. So after hockey, we all went out for pizza. And my youngest grandson, Loden, he spills this huge glass of water all, all over everything, mm. right? Mm. Yep. He jumps off the seat and starts running out of the restaurant. <laughs> now, I know his mom and dad pretty good. They're not hitters. Right. Mm -hmm. There was no beatings involved or anything. Actually, yeah. nobody was really that upset. He's four years old. Right? Yeah. The, nobody should have put a, you know, 24 ounce glass of water in front of this kid. But when he started to take off, I, I, you know, when he came back to the table, he's sitting next to me. I go, where were you going? Yeah. It's pitch black. How, how far were you going to go? Mm -hmm. He said, oh, I, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. He says didn't have a plan B. If I'm in, if I'm in a restaurant and get I see, there. see a four year old kid knock over water, and then get up and run out of the restaurant, I'm calling Child Protective Services on the parents. <laughs> Absolutely, mm -hmm. I was shocked. I said, "Where the heck are you going?" He wow, was just on the good foot. That's too funny. All right. Um, so another hands on training quote that not farmer quote. Hands-on training allows us to try new techniques and procedures in a controlled environment without the risks involved of a lob, a love, a live job site. Yep. And I'll tell you, that's one thing that I absolutely stress at the bonus schools is don't worry about what these panels look like, you know? 
go way beyond what you wanted to do here. Try everything. Do everything. Don't worry about because you can't do that on a job site. When I was saying about theory and practice, how you and I, when we started, and probably probably most of the people who were in the business when they started did not start out by going to a training class. You started out on a live job site. Yep. So everything you screwed up mattered. Was the hammers come right? Every, <laughs> everything you screwed up, you turn into my grandson. You're running for the door. I'm out of here. Yep. Um, I was at an RTC in Nashville a few years back, and a guy came in in the floor contract. We were talking and everything, and he goes, man, I got a theory about Sandy. I always wanted to try out. And I go, there's the panel right there. Try it out on a panel. He goes, you think I can? I go, I screw it up. We don't care. Um, we just got done with the class, and the panel looked good. He goes, oh, I don't want to. I go, dude, that's why it's there, man. And it was theory. It was about taking the sandpaper up higher and higher to, like, you know, 1,000 grit or whatever. And so I think, go knock yourself out, man. It's right there. Go, if you got a theory, try it out. You can't hurt nothing. That's what the panels are for. You And if you're afraid that you're going to make mistakes, if you make a mistake, someone else is going to learn from it. So it's not a big deal. That's what they're there for. Have you ever done that? Done what? Take it up. Yep. Yep. I, yeah, there, I, there's a reason that the back of all the labels say sand to a 120 or 150. Yes. In this, in this world that we live in, um, um, flooring world wants to live in a certain range, 80 grit to 120 grit, somewhere in that range it wants to live. You get outside that range, you're inviting trouble. I thought to myself, okay, when I went to the distributor when I was young and I was doing floors, I see guys buy 120 grit screens, 100 to 120 grit screens. And the instructions always, would always say screen with 100 or 120. And I thought, all right, if guys are doing that, I'm going to go to one, one, 180. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do the better. It's not always the right thing to do. Um, and sometimes eight, finishing off with 80 grit was the right thing to do. Back then, especially with the white stained floors and back then we didn't screen them. Um, you know, it just depends on what you're trying to achieve. But you get outside that world of, uh, of that sandpaper grits and you kind of invite trouble. Now, there's other there's other techniques guys are playing around with and doing some things with uh, with the uh, high sandpaper grits and what have you. I don't think it's necessary. Uh, and definitely for sure, it can get you in more trouble. Well, in our other life, I was uh, an instructor in NWFA expert school. And me and another guy, the other guy I was instructing with, we said, let's, let's skip grits all the way up to a maroon pad, the 320. This will be the slickest floor in the history of slick floors. So we did it. And it did feel absolutely amazing. And then we tried to put finish on it. It was like oil and water. I mean... It was literally like oil and water. I couldn't, I couldn't wipe this stuff up because now we had the whole class standing around like, "Hey, what's the matter with your finish?" And I'm like, "Oh, jeez, this was a huge mistake." And I twisted it into, "Well, now you see why we recommend 120 and not 320." Yeah. Um, there was a time for a while that I was I was experimenting with experimenting with grain filling. 
Now, not 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 trowel filling adhesive or not, not adhesive on my mind, uh, wood filler, <laughs> uh, not trowel filling wood filler, but grain filling. And at that time, you, uh, there was a company had uh, like a, uh, it was like a thin down version of uh, of wood filler that you would that trowel on there and fill the grain, and then you would uh, braid it back off. And uh, when I, I actually this experiment was in my mother in law, God bless her, my mother in law's kitchen. She had a kitchen and in a little hallway, and then went into another hallway. And I and I everything I did for her, I did free anyhow. So I thought, all right, I'm going to stand on her floor, over, but I'm going to try this grain filling on her floor. Now, in retrospect, back in, I didn't have a. Um, it would have been nice to have a. Um, what do you call it? A. T- Tampico brush. I didn't have that, but we vacuumed it thoroughly and everything, and we grain filled it. And then after that dried, the, the process was to take a, a buffer and buff it off, okay? And it looked filled as could be. I mean, I mean, the, all the pores were nice and filled. Through that. Well, I thought, wow, this is going to look fantastic. It didn't look fantastic at all. And it, it looked like you got all the filler off the floor, but any area you didn't, almost I couldn't even detect it. It had like a, it cast like a dark shadow on it. You know what I mean? um that wouldn't was no i mean you know me and my brother were there we both looked at it, go, yeah it looks great we got it all off you couldn't almost even see that that we didn't actually have it all off it just kind of lifted like a, an area is like shadows of darkness and um it, it looked nice and filled but it wasn't worth the effort that we we put into it so so what was a grain filler supposed to do like get really look deep. like there's no soft grain dish out or yeah yeah like all the soft grain pores were completely filled like really filled you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it would make that floor look like like a like you know like like a sheet of glass mm-hmm. but uh uh in the end of the day we experiment with it three or four times and thought no nah, it's just not worth it all right um you reap what you sow and um it, these are it, what i like about these sayings is how simple they are you know what I mean? It's just, you know, don't go fishing, don't go don't swim, swimming with snapping turtles. You know, don't, don't, you know, sometimes it's better to go around a stump. Uh, you reap what you sow is so true. Um, so we, it, it doesn't, we need a lot of explanation. So that's going to be my last one. I had okay. make hay while, I had make hay while the sun shines. And um, boy, is that ever true, man. I, I, I uh, in the flooring business, I never, uh, I was bad about turning jobs down. Um, I, we didn't, you know, I mean, as long as the job met our criteria, I didn't turn very many of them down because I thought, who knows where the next jobs are going to come from? You know what I mean? So I, sure. we, you know, I kept us busy. But when I think of that now as it relates to, this, to the flooring trade, I think of the, the sports floor contractors. They have a, you know, certain period of time to make most of their money and they got a hump. So I've come away with a whole new respect for that segment of our industry, man, after knowing, you know, talking to you and you're being around you and other uh, sports floor guys. All right. All right. Space. Having the right amount of space when you're doing hands-on training. I think when I'm talking about space, to me, there's a big difference of coming to a training center and getting out on a panel and really applying finish and really, you know, running machines and everything rather than just hitting a four by eight panel and and doing a demo. There's hands-on demos, but then 
hands-on training to me is a completely different thing. You really, it's hard to train somebody on a panel, you know, you can let them make a couple of runs and, you know, get them in the ballpark. But I always think demos are more of a teaser to, yeah, we're going to do a demo with this, you know, distributor or whatnot, but, you know, this should lead you into the training. You know, you should be wanting more than what we can give you on a, on a demo. I was with the sales guy one time and uh, we were talking and I just, I just met him. We just started working together, whatever years, I mean, probably 15 years ago, whatever. And he told me he was a, he was a floor guy too. And one time in his life and whatever, and we had a distributor and there was a four foot panel there and uh, he was going to sand it off. And in three steps, I knew that guy never sanded floors for a living. It took, it took him three steps with that machine for me to, to figure that out. Um, but you're right. Um, there's nothing like getting out there. And when you said space, I thought you meant like giving a guy space uh, when, you're, when, they're, when you're doing training, because that's something else too. I mean, have you ever had a guy hover over top of you when you're trying to do something and learn something and figure something out? It is the worst. Uh, give me some space, man. Give me some space. Let me figure this out. And, you know, I'm, I hear what you say, but, you know, I thought that's what you were saying. You know, um, it's funny you said that, give him some space, because I've had people, you know, when I'm training, when I'm in training, I've had, you know, you'll think of how many things you need to know when you're going to run a big machine or an edger or something. I mean, there's, you know, 20 things that we could talk about, right? 21, but, just right off the top of my head. There you go. <laughs> of course. So you can tell a guy all 21 things, you know, and he'll... How are you going to retain that? Or you can tell them one or two things and go, you know, start out here. One or two things. And I've had people say to me, hey, he's doing this wrong. I'm like, just, just let him get a feel for the machine. You're not instantly going to get a feel for a machine just because somebody told you how to do it. You know, yeah, let him make some mistakes. Let him get a little muscle memory, that kind of thing. Um you know, because the other thing about training is it needs to be fun. I think training needs to be fun because when we can make training fun, it's definitely a more comfortable learning environment. Mm -hmm. And when it's fun, everybody starts to get involved. You get more interaction, you get more camaraderie. And it's just a, a, a much better learning experience. And the other thing about that, it eliminates the fear of being awkward. You know, if you if everybody's really serious mm -hmm. and you know, we're treating this like brain surgery, nobody's going to want to get up there and do it. Yeah. You know. So when it's fun, everybody's going to feel less awkward and they're going to get up there and want to do more. It's funny when you teach someone how to use an edger for the first time or the big machine for the first time because if you've not done it before and you put it in someone's hands, you tell them, "Okay, you gotta, you gotta walk. As soon as you you put the handle down, you got a feather. You gotta do this. But then when you put it in their hands, there it's an overload of stuff going on in your in your in your head and your in your body at at a single time. Seems like turn on, you know, teaches someone to use an edger. You turn it on, it's going. It's you know, it's gonna go. You better, you know. And you're 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 thinking all the things I was taught to do in just that short time. This thing's it's running. So uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's always exciting. Well, Rob, I appreciate it, man. I, uh, it was good. I know um, uh, you're um, um, 
we got a lot of training coming up this year. I think the classes are fantastic. We'd love to get guys and more guys coming to them. We have some different kind of training classes this year than we've ever had. And uh, we're doing herringbone classes as well. Uh, and um, so uh, I think this is kind of good to get to uh, kick off your, uh, what'd you call this? Your training? Uh... No, 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 no. This is, I just thought of a third one we can do. I'm glad you're saying that. Now we got a, this will be a three-part series on the yeah. value of education. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. So the next one, we'll do e-learning. And then I think the next one, we'll do about installs. We'll get Dittmer on. Oh, good, good, yeah. E-learning is going to be pretty cool. Um, guys don't know what that is. They can We can uh, get them caught up on that as well. So, And all three go together. That's the other great part about this. All right, Rob. Uh, you know, this is going to, we're going to, this is going to be a two-part episode. So we're going to wrap this up one right now, and we'll continue this in, an, in the next episode. How about that? That sounds great. I'm looking forward to more farmer quotes, cowboy quotes, whatever, priest quotes, whatever you got. Bring the quotes on. I'll do cowboy quotes next, next time. I know you love cowboys. You know it. All right. All right. This has been another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. Please stay tuned for another episode. Mm -hmm.